Who says you need a great defense when you've got an offense that is scoring 50 points in a half? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. And if you haven't become a free subscriber yet on YouTube, it's really easy and it would mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. Hit that subscribe button. If you like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because Locked On USC comes at you five times a week, Hit that bell notification so you don't miss an episode. All right, I have a question. Well, it's not a question. I'm going to make a statement. Somewhere, Mike Leach is smiling. May he rest in peace. He has a coaching tree that is just dominating the football landscape, particularly college football. So what happens when you take a couple of Mike Leach protégés like Cliff Kingsbury and you make him a quarterback offensive coordinator slash analyst uh, in the same room with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. I mean, are you now creating a Frankenstein type of offense at quarterback? I mean, remember when Cliff Kingsbury was USC's offensive coordinator for like five minutes. And then he suddenly became the Arizona Cardinals head coach. Let me, let me throw this at you for you. Imagine how things would have turned out had Cliff Kingsbury decided to stick around and be the offensive coordinator while Clay Hilton was the head coach at USC. Do we get to where we are today? I don't know, kind of a, it's not so much a scary thought, but you think about how things come full circle. It's, it's interesting. Lincoln is literally giving Cliff a chance at redemption, a mulligan. This is almost like one of those one-year rehab jobs that, uh, that Nick Saban has been known for. Look, Kingsbury's coming in. He's going to be a quarterback analyst, work at, do some game planning, uh, work with in, in the offices with, uh, with Lincoln Riley. But this is like Lincoln Riley's first chance to at a reclamation uh, project, so to speak, where guys, you know, they, he takes guys like Nick Saban and kind of builds them back up so they can fall forward again. You know, think, you know, Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian. And I say that positively where, you know, these are guys who, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has some personal issues, but look where he's at. He keeps... If, if you have Nick Saban vouching for you, you're probably going to get another opportunity. Lincoln Riley hasn't reached Nick Saban levels yet. However, he's uh, he, he's bringing the family together. Again, this is part of the Mike Leach uh, coaching tree. Now, personally, I think this move makes a ton of sense. Uh, number one, um, Cliff, he's going to be able to take a lot of uh, 
a lot of the game planning, the the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in the offices off of Lincoln's plate so he can focus on other parts of the program that need his attention as the head coach. So, uh, you know, my guess, I would imagine that, you know, up in the booth, Cliff Kingsbury, down the field, head coach, offense coordinator, Lincoln Riley. Not a bad combination when you think about it. Um, and again, he's not going to be able to work with the quarterbacks or any of the players on the field, wink, wink, uh, you know, but he'll still be a part of, like I mentioned, the game planning and what happens, you know, inside the practice facility when no one's looking, because what happens when no one's looking is no one's looking and, you know, that's what you do. Trust me, it goes on everywhere across the country. And you know, also by bringing on a a person of Cliff Kingsbury's um, experience, I mean, he's an NFL head coach, and you're bringing him in to be an analyst, and most assume for a year. This is another way of USC showing that they are serious about football again. Well, more serious. I mean, this this is what big programs do, big time programs. I mentioned Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban has a history of doing this. I mean. Bill O'Brien comes in, office coordinator for a year, head coach in the NFL. So big-time programs, they spare no expense. And they they load up their football offices with guys who specialize in certain things. So earlier in the spring, Lincoln Riley brought in Greg Brown, defensive specialist. He's going to be able to lend his 60-plus years of ex- experience and expertise to the, to the defensive coaching staff, Alex Grinch, help him out. This is what I see. What do you think? Well, Cliff Kingsbury might not have that much experience. Nevertheless, he knows how to coach quarterbacks. He played the position. He had a pretty good one at Arizona in Kyler Murray. He's going to have another pretty good – he's going to have a couple of them. He's going to have three of them at USC. No offense, Jake Jensen, but the three scholarship quarterbacks in order are Caleb Williams, Miller Moss, and Malachi Nelson. Wow. So what if Lincoln Riley isn't done adding to the staff? We know he's not done adding the roster. He's made that very clear. Just saying, you know, there's rumors out there circling that maybe another analyst is being considered. We'll see. So with Cliff Kingsbury coming on board, how does that change the fans' anticipation, their level? What is your anticipation level for the offense in 2023? In 2022, last year, USC was one of the top scoring teams in the country. I believe they were third. Just behind Ohio State at 40. Ohio State was 41.9. USC was 41.4. Tennessee led the led the nation at 44 points per game. USC played 14 games. Those other two teams played 13 games. So USC's average dipped a little bit. The point being, USC scored at will last year, pretty much when they wanted. Well, a year later, Caleb is now a junior. Heisman Trophy in his back pocket. He's being prepped to be the number one overall NFL draft pick in 2024. 
He's the best player in college football, period, bar none, end of thread. And on paper, the talent level is better than the year before. So how many points per game should the Trojans be expected to score? I said 50 in the half. Obviously, I was joking. But is 50, is that out of, is that unreasonable? Is that out of the question? Considering how many they scored last year? Should USC go for two points after every touchdown just to make the games fair for the opponent? I've got a big smile on my face. For all, for you who are listening and not watching, there was that, that Chestershire cat smile. In other words, of course USC shouldn't go for two every time, but I was being sarcastic. Seriously, though, um, Riley, Cliff Kingsbury, working with the quarterbacks at USC, I mean, that can't hurt recruiting, especially their chances with Dylan Rayola, class of 2024 quarterback. So, I mean, how many recruits is Cliff Kingsbury worth? I don't know. Remember, he's coming on as an analyst. That's going to be his role. That doesn't mean that USC won't use him in other capacities. It's a great, it was a grand slam hire, period. You can't, I, I, it's hard for me to find any negatives. Speaking of grand slams and no hitters and double plays, those are back. And there's no better place to get in on Major League Baseball action than at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. That's because right now, if you're a new customer, you can step up to the plate and you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and you're going to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. If you lose, you win. So FanDuel has some great ways of betting. They're, they have the, if you're a prop betting guy, Check it out. You know, go find out who's going to have the most outfield assists. Go figure out if uh, if Dave Roberts is going to mismanage the Dodgers' bullpen. Whatever. I'm a huge L.A. Doyers fan. I'm not the biggest Dave Roberts fan. You buy him a roster, he still finds a way to screw it up. Anyways, though, you know how you can't screw up? By betting with FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. So just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so I mentioned how many recruits is Cliff Kingsbury worth? Sticking with recruiting, are you frustrated I know some of you are. I know. I, I read the We RSC message board daily. I I read social media. There are fans out there who are you know frustrated with the early part of USC's 2024 recruiting cycle. It's understandable. I get it. But especially when everybody, well, most people were anticipating USC having a commitment prior to their scrimmage that they had over the weekend on Friday. But again, NIL, name image like this, it's changed the game. So you need to get used to it. Understand that recruiting 
It will go in cycles. And it's it's not basically USC is going to use NIL, but it's how you it's how you're going to use that NIL that matters. And at least to USC. They are they're just not going to go the route of programs like the Texas A&M's, the Tennessee's, the Miami's, the Oregon's of the world who find it necessary to encourage high school recruits to commit to their university by showing them how much money they're going to make as a freshman when they enroll, sometimes before. Look, I've mentioned it in passing uh, on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. The Trojans, they were expecting... They were, they were going up against Oregon and Oklahoma for a safety commit from the state of Texas. So most people thought USC, Oklahoma, Oregon. Aaron Flowers, he was getting the Tiger Woods. He was getting Crystal Bald. Whatever prediction, recruiting meme you can think of, they were all leaning to USC for Aaron Flowers. And then about 36 hours, 24 hours before he was, everyone anticipated him picking USC, he chose Oregon. USC losing guys at the 11 o'clock hour is frustrating. I get it. And it's not just for the fans. Even Lincoln Riley, you know, he's been, he's had to kind of tap dance around this issue. He got asked about it uh, following Saturday's scrimmage in our Zoom call, and, you know, he, he basically said, look, it is what it is, and, you know, different schools approach it differently. We have our way of approaching NIL, and we're going to continue to stick with it. And that, that's fine. You know, let if USC is going to stay the course and continue to recruit, um, just continue to do it the way you are. They have an, an unlimited budget. They host these parties uh, with athletes from all over the country. This past weekend, after the scrimmage, they had what was called the Ballers Bash, a big giant pool party. Um, And you know what? What they did in this last recruiting cycle in the 2023 class, it worked. In June of last year, Annie Hansen, director of recruiting, and the recruiting office, Lincoln Riley, everybody was involved. They had a couple of big, they called them the June bashes. And there was some real, a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of elite recruits um, that USA was recruiting for the 2023 cycle. Let me go over this list. These are the players who came out on for two different weekends in June and where they committed. Edric Hill, eventually committed to Alabama. Jalen Hale, Alabama. Trey Wilson, Baylor. Lucas Simmons, Florida State. Francis Marigoa, Miami. Braxton Myers, once a USC commit, ended up going to Ole Miss. Marcus Deal, TCU. Warren Roberson, Texas. Anthony Hill, Texas. Micah Tease, Texas A&M. Everyone say, all right, Mark, we'll get to the good part. Here we go. Deuce Robinson, USC. Walker Lyons, USC. Alani Noah, USC. Braylon Shelby, USC. Micah Banuelos, USC. Amos Talalele, USC. 
the following names, these guys were prior commits, but they were at these June recruiting weekends. Malachi Nelson, Zachariah Branch, Makai Lemon, Quentin Joyner, Amarian Peterson, Christian Pierce. So that June 17th weekend produced nine commitments. The previous weekend before that produced five. That's not a bad list. USC is going to be doing that again this year for the class of 2024. Look, there's been numbers floated around out there. Last year, one of these recruiting weekends, USC spent close to $2 million. Not going to deny it. I, I heard it. And I know how USC does things. So things are a little bit more expensive in Southern California as well. So understanding how all that works. USC, when, when it's time to close the deal, they know what to do. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with giving, uh, making promises to players like the names I just mentioned that, hey, you come to USC and we're going to guarantee you X amount of dollars. Not, they're not going to hear that line. Not from the USC recruiting people. Still, though, USC fans, I just rattled off a really long list of positivity. Even with that, the fans are thinking, well, what about the players they didn't get? Stop. <laughs> Look, I get it. You want to talk about you thought you had Josh Cornelly. You thought you had Mateo Ungalele. You thought you had Roderick Pleasant and now Aaron Flowers. Look, whether they they were the right fit or whatever the reason why they chose to go to Oregon, it it just feels, look, I get it. I understand why it feels like, it feels odd that those wins shift so suddenly as, it, they, as those guys got closer to making their commitment. But it is what it is. So, again, in addition to the Coliseum scrimmage that they had this past weekend, uh, USC hosted a pool party. There was numerous high-profile recruits that were in attendance. They, I, I mentioned it. They called it the Baller Bash. A few of the names that were there, uh, local big-time wide receivers, Ryan Pelham from Milliken, Xavier Jordan from Sierra Canyon. Uh, Ryan Pelham doesn't talk a lot. He's been on USC's campus a lot. We'll see how that turns out. And again, before... Before you recruiting fans get too emotional and too concerned, remember, it's early. And as far as Aaron Flowers is concerned, he said he's still taking his visits after he made his commitment. So how solid is that verbal commitment? Trojan fans, stay the course. Because if USC continues to win and their trajectory continues just to go up. Players who are committed elsewhere, they're going to reconsider those early commitments. And the transfer portal has been a really, really good friend to USC. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So, no time to panic. I understand the frustration. But remember, things are changing. It's kind of... Recruiting is working itself through a new process. Eventually, everything will 
settle itself down. And you'll understand how USC's recruiting process works and when to anticipate hearing commitments and when to really want to go kaboom when it really matters. Early signing day, February signing period. So sometimes I have to admit, I think karma does exist. I don't know how else to explain this. Real quick reminder for everybody, back in January, Lincoln Riley had a sit down with the local media, two and a half hours, and he answered every question we threw at him. This was about what a week and a half after the, two, after the Cotton Bowl, and he opened himself up. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are when the team practices, where the media is able to attend spring practices. It's been that way since camp opened. I was all set to go Tuesday and again on Thursday, the final week leading up to the spring game at the Coliseum on Saturday. You're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Tuesday. On Sunday, I received an email in the evening. Lingan Riley wants you guys in the media to stay for the whole practice on Monday. I'm in Arizona. My flight wasn't scheduled to come back to LA until Tuesday morning in time for a 4 p.m. practice. At that January meet and greet sit down, the last question that was asked from me to Lincoln, hey, you've had a chance to work with us for a year. You trust us a little bit more. Do you think there might be a little bit more open access to the program, particularly practice? Guess who's not in town <laughs> when Lincoln Riley decides to roll out the welcome mat? Karma exists, and it bit me in the ass hard. Lincoln Riley, if someone gets this message to you, please, for me, I'm begging one more time. One more time. And I will follow the same rules you, you set down for the guys who are at practice on Monday. Speaking of, I wasn't there. Eric McKinney was there, my trusted partner from WeRSC.com. And again, we're we're... The media was allowed to film the normal part of practice, the stretching, the skip and hop, and you know everything I talk about. But they were asked to not share anything as way of as far as scheme, formation, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Perfectly acceptable. Uh, here's some tidbits from Eric McKinney, his observations, his notes and observations from practice. He said that uh, Jack Sullivan had a really nice day. He finished with two sacks, maybe one and a half, depending on whether Sam Green got credited with the other half. So there's a couple of new players and the defense making a move. Uh, he mentioned that Kion Bars and Anthony Lucas have been, been talked about this spring. I've been talking about them this, this spring. Apparently, Jack Sullivan had a really good practice. That's who popped uh, when Eric was watching couple of impressive uh, one-handed grabs from both sides of the ball. Damani Jackson and Zachariah Branch 
This, this happened during position drills. And then but everybody's going to be really excited to watch USC receiver receiving core this season. Everyone keeps talking about, and I'm, I'm guilty, Zachariah Branch. You know, he's that special, special player, that generational type of talent that only comes along every Reggie Bush. Um, let's not forget about Dorian Singer, because according to Mr. McKinney, as impressive as uh, Damani and Zachariah's one-handed grabs were, apparently Dorian Singer was had an even better one. And it was downfield, and it came against really good coverage. So one of the things that everybody, his teammates have been talking about, are his hands. Uh, I, I think the term used was unworldly. They're off the charts good. I'm not going to disagree. I remember what he did to USC in Tucson last year. And he was doing it with one hand. Had he had one more remarkable one-handed catch, USC probably leaves Tucson with an L. Dorian Singer's really good. So as good as that receiving group is, People think, oh, man, we lost Jordan Addison and Kyle Ford took off to go over to that other school. I love you, Kyle Ford. I just don't like that other school. Um, there's not going to be a lot of drop-off. Not going to be a lot of drop-off. Brendan Rice, we saw what he's capable of. If he does that consistently in 2023, oh, yeah. Like I said, Lincoln Riley Cliff Kingsbury, a trio of quarterbacks, and a grip of skill position players at wide receiver and running back. Good luck opposing defenses. Kalen uh, Bullock, Christian Roland Wallace, another uh, transfer from the portal. They each had an interception. According to Eric, again, these are his notes. I'm relaying them to you. Defense had another really good day. Sierra Wright had another solid performance. A couple pass breakups. Lincoln Riley's gone out of his way to talk about him and Jalen Smith um, this spring. So that's a good sign. He's really, Lincoln has really emphasized the secondary and their physical growth and, and how that should help out, especially when it comes to tackling. Being able to play physically, uh, those the team, not just the secondary, the team needed to get bigger and stronger. Period. End of story. And then, as far as uh, quarterback work, apparently Miller Moss and Malachi Nelson had a lot of work, got a lot of throws in. So, hey, real quick, I need to make sure because we're out of here for this episode of Lock on USC. Earlier in the day, I was on an episode of Locked on College Basketball with expert Isaac Shade. That will be up on YouTube on Wednesday, so go check it out. We were talking about the return of Boogie Ellis and what it means to USC in 2024. Really fun show. I think you're going to enjoy it. So for you basketball guys, when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen, go check out College Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade, 
Andy Patton, and myself. All right. Until we're back again with our another episode, because we come at you five days a week. Everyone, you know what to do. And then head on over to wearesc.com. <laughs>